it is the pink elephant theory. If the guest wants a pink elephant, get them a pink elephant. If you can't find a pink elephant, get a horse, paint it pink, convince the guest that's an elephant. Do whatever it takes to ensure they're happy. That's it. Are they happy? You are back. I am Chris Adams. We are on the Pink Elephant Podcast. Have an exciting day today, a plan for you. We have Caroline Calloway with us with Bolt PR, um, which is, I think, uh, I'm intrigued to ask a bunch of questions about. I think PR is one of those things that everybody wishes they had. They don't know what to do with it. Am I doing the right thing? Um, and so we're going to get we're going to get a few minutes to pick her brain, talk about the business as well as just how did you get here? And so, Caroline, thanks so much for joining us. Oh my goodness, Chris! Thank you for having me. I'm so looking forward to the conversation. So, where? Let me ask you a question. We're in the middle of summer right now. Where Where are you today? I am sitting at my desk in Dallas, and I am on the edge of my seat because tomorrow kids go back to school, and I get my days back, and I'm really looking forward to that. It's one of those. I love the kids so much, but man, it is uh, it is nice to see them go back to learn. That is for sure, it right? It sure is. <laughs> Are you guys dealing with like this insane heat wave? Oh, Chris, it has been outrageous. I mean, I think it's been 30 days straight above 100 degrees. It is overwhelming. I, it's crazy. So being on the West Coast, I'll be honest with you, it's actually been pleasant. And so we were in LA. I was in LA for a good little stretch um, working on a project there and home. And then... I went to Chicago for something, expecting this heat wave to smack me. And instead, it was unbelievable weather. There was a breeze. I was like, oh, my God, I, I hit the, you know, the jackpot on this. I jumped on a plane and I got to Florida. Well, everything that I thought I had missed officially hit me. They opened the, the plane uh, door and it was literally I had to like cut through a secondary door um, of just heat and humidity. And I was like, oh, my God, I could not do this every day. So I feel for you um, having to struggle through that there in Texas. But hopefully it's coming to an end soon. Oh, here's hoping. <laughs> and where are you so, today? You travel around the globe. Where are you? I am. I am. I'm actually in Florida. Um, I am at a a beautiful property, one of my favorite properties, actually, um, in Florida right now. I'm at a Ritz-Carlton. And so I am, thankfully, I'm inside watching how hot it is outside um, at a gorgeous property. So I'm, I'm not mad about it right now. That's for sure. That sounds amazing. All right. So let's dig in here. So uh, let, let's first start. Let's tell people Bolt PR. Um, how long have you been around? What is, you know, what do you guys do? Let's Let's start there and then we'll work our way backwards. Amazing. You're starting with my favorite topic. So I founded Bolt PR 17 years ago, if you can believe that. And we started on the West Coast. I was in Orange County. And over the years, we grew to four offices across the country, Orange County, Dallas, Raleigh, and Pittsburgh. And then post-pandemic, we became location agnostic. We're now a remote first agency, and we have team members in nearly every major market around the country. So we work uh, in PR, your traditional public relations, your media relations, influencer relations. And then we also, over the years, have built an entire digital marketing department. So we have seen how the industry has evolved and we know how important integrated communications is today. What we're doing on the PR side needs to be amplified. It needs to, it needs to be broadcast on owned channels. We need to make the most of, of that coverage and those opportunities. 
So we're a fully integrated agency today, and we work across a few key categories, including hospitality, B2B tech, consumer products and tech, um, health, sports and wellness, and franchising, food and beverage, and multi-unit locations. That's awesome. I have, so I have a couple of questions. Um, the first one I'm going to say is really talking about the fact that you've gone to kind of being a remote company and we've done the same thing. So we have people spread out across the globe. How has that impacted the business? What, what pros and cons have you found with now having this? Cause I have on my side, there's pros and cons to it. So I'm curious if you deal with the same thing. Yeah. Oh, there definitely is. There, there's a lot, especially for junior employees that they used to learn through osmosis, just being in the office, being exposed to conversations. We don't have that, that benefit anymore, that advantage for them. But we combat that by doing very intentional meetings where we are all on camera and it's a working session and we have a specific agenda item. It might be a plan we're building or it's a brainstorm. And the intention is just talk out loud. What, Talk like you would if we were sitting in an office, be typing as we go, just make it as authentic as you can. So that's one approach. It's still, it's never going to compare to being in an office eight hours a day and having that exposure. So that's been the biggest disadvantage. Yeah, we same thing for us. There's the advantage of the fact that you've, you're giving people the freedom and flexibility to kind of be where they want, um, which everyone loves. But then there's, mm-hmm. the, there's a part of me, which I don't know if it's just being old school that I love being able to go into an office, see people face to face, pop into someone else's office, throw an idea against the board. There's just something about that that I miss. I'll be on, you know, and we still have offices, but, you know, rarely anyone's actually at the offices. And so it's a it's an interesting transition going from being at the workplace to kind of doing it on camera every few days. So good to see I'm not the only one dealing with it. Definitely not. And do y'all use Slack in your organization or one of those types of tools? Kind of. We, uh, we, we've jumped onto Microsoft Teams. Um, so we're a Mac company. So everything we use is Mac. But then a lot of our clients use Teams. So it kind of forced our hand to use Microsoft Teams and integrate it into what we do. So it's kind of a, a weird hybrid of, of the two that we're using. That makes sense. And we use Slack and that's been another really good tool in this remote first world because we have channels dedicated to agency education, agency fun, agency updates. We have weekly hits where we just in real time, we're putting in all the clips that we're earning for our clients. Um, We have even PR chatter, just what's happening in the industry. So we have these different channels where we celebrate and we talk and sometimes we are laughing our faces off each of us, you know, around the country behind our screens. And other times we're just, you know, taking it all in. There's so much evolution and, and we have to have that way to communicate. Yeah. Talking about the evolution, this was the, the second question I have. So you've 17 years ago, you said is when you started this, right? Correct. Where you're at now how much is it different? How much has it changed from what you thought you were going to be doing when you, when you sat down? And I know for me, when I sat down, I, I was writing out, what's my mission statement? What's, what's my, you know, my pillars of things I'm going to focus on. And now looking, you know, for me over a decade as well, how much has it changed and altered from what you thought you were going to be doing to where you are now? It's a great question. It, Entirely and not that much all at the same time. And I'll give you the backstory. 
it's a little bit of an embarrassing story, but I'll share it because I, I would imagine others might be able to relate. What I when I founded Bolts, it was a little bit of an accidental business. I wasn't happy. I'd worked at small agencies, large and small. I'd worked in house for companies, large and small, and I just felt like something was missing. I knew I was an agency gal very early on. I loved the diversity of brands and perspectives, and just every day was so vastly different. So I knew I wanted to go the agency route. So when I started Bolt, it was very much about I'm going to take my big and small agency experience and work with startups, founders, small businesses, and just be super hands-on and help them grow and bring all the knowledge I had, the connections. And that worked really, really well. So well, in fact, that we I was blessed to be referred to other businesses and then other businesses. And now I had more clients than I could manage. And I had the hardest time saying no, because I wanted to help everybody. So then I started to hire and then I needed workers comp and payroll systems. And so it was really an accidental business. I really intended to just work independently with these brands. But when I realized the impact that we were making and could continue making, I wanted to bring other people into the fold. So we started hiring and growing and, I will tell you, I did not imagine we would ever be a remote first agency because like you, I really love the office. I love, love the community that you can create, the culture yeah. that you can create. Uh, I did not imagine at the time, I and mean, we're talking 2006, we were one of the first agencies on Twitter so much so that we won an award our first year because we were one of the very early agencies on Twitter. So I didn't realize that we would have this entire dedicated department to digital and shame on me. I should have seen that, but wow, it's just evolved so much. Um, We have a, we have content writers now that has become, we've always seen it as PR people should just be good writers. Well, there's a real need for dedicated content writers who know how to write for SEO, who know how to write for technical brands. Um, So that's evolved, you know, leading into all these different service categories that are also very integrated and important for the other, the other sectors to be successful. Um, But we're still true to, to parts of what we set out to do. And that's making impact, working with startups, founders, small businesses, we've grown into some mid-sized brands, but it's all about making impact. It's the only reason we exist. So we set goals with our clients at the outset Sometimes that's share a voice, sometimes it's sales goals, and we build plans, we customize those plans to meet those goals, to be an integral part of that meeting of the goals. So that has not changed. The partnerships piece of this has not changed. We were always, I, I was always going to be a partner, not a vendor, not some outside consultant, but a partner. I wanted a seat at the table where we could be transparent, share ideas and make each other better. So that we achieved. So a lot's different, but a lot of it is still true to who we intended to be. Yeah, that's that's so cool to hear um, that kind of the core, the, your brand values have always stayed the same while you navigated the, the ever-changing landscape, I guess you could say, of what the needs are of clients now. Um, how do you – PR is one of those things that is – I find that especially when you add social, the social aspect of PR is so difficult. Um, it's it's a necessity um, for business nowadays, yet most people struggle. I struggle with it personally. Um, I am not one of those people like my first instinct is not to pick up my phone and take a picture of everything. Um, 
it's usually I've left something super cool and people are like, dude, why didn't you post? And I'm like, you know what? I did not take a single picture. I was just kind of there. I was in the moment. Um, as you are looking at that side of PR, the digital side, how do you measure success with that? I, I find that is such a hard piece for us, even as, I mean, we have a PR team and, and the whole nine yards is I go, traditional PR, I go, you're racking up, you know, uh, magazine covers or whatever it might be. So it's very easy. There's an ROI, so to speak, that's something tangible that I could say, you did X, Y, Z. On the digital side of social, it's like, how do you look at and say, was this working or not? Like, where's the value attachment to it, even though you know you have to have it? Is that a challenge for you guys as well? You know, I find social is almost easier to track the value than PR because PR, we're having a conversation around share of voice, around quantity and quality of placements. We're looking at domain authority. We're looking at volume and cadence, but it doesn't always directly lead to sales. It's, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we got a call from a client. They had a regional placement and it's a, it's a very complex client. And it's hard to understand for consumers. So we're working through that education piece. But one article within 24 hours, they had 11 leads. Direct correlation. And that we that is a huge celebration. But social, we set goals. It's a little bit different for consumer versus B2B. B2B tends to be a longer sales cycle on social. But we set goals based on engagements. We set it on not really followers. We've As an agency, we've moved away from that. We, we report on it, but it's not something we hold ourselves to because we want quality of followers. So engagement is a much better metric. And we look at uh, referrals to the website. So we'll, we set up UTM links for each post so we can see what traffic and where that led and if it led to conversions. And so we do set more finite revenue goals around social. And it it's based on the client where they are today. And it's always a a managed approach. It's not tomorrow we're promising a million dollars in new revenue, but we're going to work toward those goals based on where they are today and where we realistically think we can get them. And then paid off, of course, adds a a great element to that too. That's that's great information. I'm I'm glad I asked that question because I'm taking notes for myself right now. (laughs) Things I (laughs) things I need to pay attention to. That that's awesome. So in the process of of determining that you're going to do bolt PR, you've got bolt PR, it's up and running over the course of 17 years. What did that look like? Was there, were you one of these stories where I'm going to sit here and go, okay, you had 17 years of just this amazing trajectory of success and you've never, you've never had a struggle or anything along the way, or were there speed bumps along the way that you really had to figure out? Oh my goodness. There have been so many speed bumps. I would, I did everything wrong and that's how we finally figured out how to do some things right. You know, I was, I I went in with, it was all about doing this from my heart. I I didn't really have the business acumen when I started everything. it, It was the school of hard knocks, if you will. And, but I will say we were profitable from year one and have been every year since we figured that part out. Um, and it, when you prioritize people and doing great work together, I, the speed bumps feel very trivial. They, they, they're easy to overcome because you're just honest with people. Hey, made a mistake. Here's how we're going to do this better. And you move on from it. So 
again, it, you mentioned this a moment ago, just staying true to the core values. We're here to, to do great work with great people, be authentic every step of the way, be transparent, be open. Things work out. When you have that mindset, things just work out. I love that. There's, there's so much, I think, meat of what you just said when it, you know, I'm a huge leadership um, and understanding you brought up that you, you use the word culture a little bit ago. And, you know, culture is one of those things that companies typically do a phenomenal job of the creation of culture, right? They're great at putting down on a piece of paper, what their mission statement is, their core values, their pillars, their employee promises, whatever it might be. And where most organizations struggle is the cultivation of that culture is, are you living it every single day? Are you, after you've done that orientation, um, that onboarding for the new hire and you've sold them the bill of goods of what you are as a brand, do they look back nine months later being with your company and go, yeah, that's exactly who they are. That's, that is who they are at their core. And that's the culture. And I think everything that you're talking about to me, it screams, you, you have an amazing culture at Bolt PR. Um, and having that foundation, that culture allows you the opportunities that you continue to get and the continued growth and the evolution of your brand, because, you know, you, you have a foundation to build off of. And that's, that's very, very exciting to hear that companies like yourself are doing that. Thank you so much. It is number one to us is taking care of our people. We take an empowered leadership approach. Everyone is empowered to make decisions, to build the career they want, to service clients in the way that they know in their heart is the right way to do it, and they will be supported. And it, it, our team is the most incredible group of human beings I've ever had the privilege to work with. And I know that, and I protect the heck out of that because they, I couldn't do this without them. I learned that 17 years ago. I can't do it without a team. And so culture is number one. Everything works once you take care of your people. Everything else falls into place. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I say the same thing uh, about our team. Um, the luckiest guy on the planet that I get to be around them. Um, we actually have, there's a book, I don't know if you've read it, but Kim Scott wrote a book called Radical Candor. Um, mm -hmm. And it's similar to what you were just talking about that says that we have open and honest communication, like the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and I was just doing a workshop for a group and we were talking about radical candor and someone raised their hand and they said, well, how do you get to that point? Like, how do you, how is it okay for you to have those kind of those tough conversations that most people don't want to have because they don't want confrontation and whatnot. And for me, it's really simple. The minute that you, your internal guest, your team or your external guest, your customers, the minute there's trust you have the answer. Like the minute my team, the minute your team trusts you that they know that I always have their best interest. They know that I always have their, they know that I will go to war for them. They trust me. So my ability to have tough conversations, they know those conversations are coming from a place of love because I refuse to see them fail. And it's a much easier conversation to have. And so it reminds me a lot of what you were, what you were saying about you and your team of just the ability to have that honest communication um, and how much, if you don't have that, how difficult it is to move your organization forward. 
Absolutely. It is because then there's turnover, which creates the internal chaos. It also creates external chaos for clients. That retention is key. And why are we doing this? If not for people to enjoy work, to enjoy coming to work, to love what they do and who they do it with, there is no more gratifying outcome in business than that. People who love one another and what they do. That, that is what we strive for every day. And it's interesting as you talk about trust, because I think that also then begs the question, well, how do you build trust? And you hit one thing right on the head and, and that's just leading with love, knowing that you care about these people, you have their best intentions, you won't let them fail. And I also tell my team, egos are put aside. The second you sign on, there is no ego here because we're none of us are perfect, but together we are the greatest team on the planet. And we just have to be open. We have to be inclusive. We have to consider all perspectives. And for me, that and the care side, the empathy side, the, the love side, I tell my team all the time, I love you so much, you're amazing. That to me is how you build trust. Do you have, you know, are, are there other things that come to mind as you think about how you build trust with your team? Um, listen, um, mm -hmm. their opinion matters. Um, the, the other thing I say is that I have a group of individuals spread out across the globe that are absolute rock stars that are working their tails off every day to make my dreams come true. And mm -hmm. I never, ever, ever want them to forget about their dreams. And I ask consistently, what do you want to do? Where do you want to be? Don't tell me what I want to hear. Don't tell me what you think you want to do within our organization. When you were 14, what did you want to do? When you were 17, what did you want to do? Five years ago, what did you want to do? And how can I help you get there? And if that means that it's growing within our company, awesome. If that means that one day you want to open up your own retail shop or you want, how can I help you? And either that, do we become a partner with you? Do we invest in you? Do we give you the tools and understanding as an entrepreneur on how to run a business? But I don't have a bunch of people out there that are just making my dreams come true so I can live this fabulous life. It is my job as their leader to maximize them, to see in them what they don't see in themselves. Uh, to put them in positions they never thought they'd be put in and help them get to where they want to be. And I think once you consistently, and I think that the word consistently is important. It's not the once a year at the review that you say these things, but once you consistently um, have your behavior align with what your words are, that trust starts to happen naturally and organically. And I think that's been a big thing that I've had to learn is to make sure that what my heart wanted my behavior followed. And so it was, that was, that was a big thing because your team sees that they feel that and they respond to that. You're so right. And that makes me think of a very specific example of exactly that. We have a team member who was with us for six years and he got accepted to law school and we could have taken the approach of, well, good riddance. We're done with you. You're leaving us. Instead, we celebrated him so big. We had shout outs all over Slack. I personally reached out to him. All of our supervisors, our leadership team reached out to congratulate him. And I was later told by a team member that spoke volumes, how we say goodbye more than how we say hello to new employees. It's how That's we celebrate right. when someone does leave. And so that really made a mark on me. And it's something that we've done for a very, very long time. I actually had another executive share with me, celebrate when people leave, show them how appreciated they are. And that stuck with me and something that we've implemented. And 
I, the feedback I hear is that that really me- makes a difference. It means something. It does. It does. And I mean, such great advice you received on in, in saying that. And you see it in other organizations. I mean, let's be honest, we saw it with the pandemic. When the pandemic yeah. took, took hold, um, we saw people get furloughed, um, lose their jobs, companies you know start to fall apart. And the way that that process um, transpired, it was a red flag for me of, man, I was, we were fortunate. We weren't put in that position, um, but it made me realize very quickly how you treat people in the good times and the bad times speaks volumes about who you are, your character and, and what you truly believe. And um, you saw, I saw a lot of people, a lot of close friends that were treated very differently when um, their number came up, so to speak, um, and it, furlough time. And it it hurt my heart for them to see the way that, it, you know, it was handled in some situations with with a few different organizations. So couldn't agree more with it, with everything you're saying. That's for sure. I uh, yeah. if this doesn't work for work out for me, I'm applying over at Bolt PR. Just so you know. <laughs> well, then perhaps vice versa. <laughs> you sound pretty well aligned. Well, and what? on the note of the pandemic. At the outset of the pandemic, I told my team, we are going to fight like heck. We are not letting anyone go. So tell me where you think, I'm open to any and all suggestions. How do we get through this? And you know what, Chris, we got through it. We did not furlough. We did not let a single person go. We figured it out. We cut costs where we could, but not people. We got through it. And those people are still with me today. And oh my goodness, I what a blessing that they stood by us through those really tough times, just like you're saying. When you show that consistency through good and bad, they are just the most incredible team members. So we're still standing and stronger than ever. Thank goodness. I hear you. I We're fortunate and very similar in, in what happened. So grateful to say the least. Where do you see what's next? Where do you see, you know, in the constant change? Now we have AI. Um, jumping into the mix that's affecting, you know, everybody's scared to death of AI is about to take over everything. No one's going to have a job anywhere. <laughs> no point for any of us to be around is is like the fear that's on the streets. Where do you see the evolution happening with what you do and um, how that's going to continue to change and alter based on technology and probably what the consumer is looking for as well? Yeah, it's a great question. And one, one we've talked about quite a bit internally. So my stance overall is AI is never going to replace humans. It simply can't. They're, humans are too complex. We we have the heart to lead and to, to take care of one another. AI will not replace humans. In my industry um, and in many others where that human touch is absolutely critical. So we see AI as a tool to be more efficient, to be perhaps faster and uh, more resourceful, but we don't see it as a replacement. So we're using it for different things like reporting tools and dashboards. We're using it um, for a little bit of idea inspiration. How -hmm. do we enhance the ideas we already have? And then we go back and fine tune further. We're not using it to write copy. We are not using it to replace those key job functions that we have. And I don't foresee that ever happening. I foresee us continuing to be open to how it can help us, but never to replace us. 
And further to that point where Bolt PR is going, we will continue to push the boundaries of integration because that we have seen firsthand is where we can make the most impact. It's not just about getting that press placement. It's what do we do next with that press placement? How do we amplify it? How does it go on every owned channel? And how does it spread and become viral beyond just the platform where it was first published? So we're really looking at how we continue to push integration and how everything we're doing has multiple additional steps for amplification. So that's a big push and, and then diversity of our team, of our thinking. And we have global sister agencies through MXP Ventures, which is our holdings company's venture fund, where we're establishing global agency startups. And so continuing to branch out globally as well. That's awesome. How one, I love the fact that you're you're seeing AI as a a resource to not replace, but enhance, which is, I think is great. And I think we're trying to view it the same way. When you look at the hospitality industry, there's always the fear, oh my God, there's going to be robot bartenders and robot. And it's like, okay, yeah, maybe long after I'm gone, we, <laughs> there could go, some Star Trek version of this might, might pop up somewhere. But I think how we use AI to make us even better at what we do and enhance the human side of how we do it. Um, is where we can really take advantage of it and see it as an asset versus uh, something that's going to start taking away from our team members and, and jobs and, and, and whatnot. So that's cool to, to see that you guys are thinking the same way as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you mentioned that you have um, the holdings company and you have sister agencies across the globe. How does that, are you, do you, consistently use that um, to your advantage of of picking others' brains in other places, seeing what they're doing or seeing something they've done that worked really well and and being able to get some time with them to figure out, hey, how did you roll this out? Um, what was the execution like of this? How much of an advantage has that been for you to have that? Oh, it's been huge. Even this morning, we were talking to a new business prospect and they have some pursuits in Latin America. It's a Chinese-based brand. They have North America operations that are looking to expand into Latin America. And to be able to say, we understand the, China, the Chinese market because we have Chinese partners. We understand clearly Americas, we're here. And we have a partner in Latin America who understands that market. And all of this is under one roof, if you will. We are your team and we're going to pull in the right people for the job, for the right perspectives, for the right expertise. So just this morning, this came up and it, it comes up every single conversation. We've, companies are expanding globally and can because of everything we have available to us. So to be able to tap into those resources, into those proven experts who are they're, they're sister agencies to us, they're part of our team. And they're proven. And to know that we have those reliable resources is a huge advantage. Nice. That's that's a huge asset to have in your back pocket. Um, it, it's one of those, no matter what client pops up, you know you've got somebody that you can reach out to to give you kind of the inside track, which is a that, that's really cool. That's exactly right. So you mentioned earlier you have a bunch of different sectors that you guys are able to work in. Is there one that just between you and I, no one else is listening right now. Is there, <laughs> is there one that you work with specifically and not a, not a company, 
but one sector specifically that stands out that you go, man, this one, it either has a, you have a, a soft spot for, or it's something that really just excites you. Is there one area, whether it's hospitality or technology, or is, is there one that stands out? I wish I could say there was, but it really is the people. It's the people behind these brands that gets me so excited about what they're doing. So this call I was just having was B2B tech. And I absolutely adored the marketing director we were talking to. She just, we aligned on values, on approaches, on the desire to collaborate, on the transparency and authenticity that is so critical to our engagement. And so I hope we get to work together because that would be an amazing opportunity. But then we work with a, a very large frozen yogurt brands and we work with corporate and you get the Today Show hits and you get the Good Morning Americas and you get the eaters and you get these amazing placements. And that is just so much fun. And the people behind it, once again, this was a marketing director who came from another food and beverage brand and she joined this, this frozen yogurt brand and brought us over with her. So we absolutely love her and working with her. So it's, there's so many things that make each client that we handpick so special that I couldn't choose just one. It's the people. It's always about the people. Is it not interesting as you talk to all these different businesses and, and the people that you're saying that are behind these businesses, how uh, unbelievably creative and outside the box, some of them are, there, there's some brands that we work with that I sit back and I go like, what happened that you came up with this? Like, I, we're a pretty creative company, but we, we deal with some clients where I'm, I'm looking at them going like, this is so far outside of anything I would have ever thought of. Um, yet it's their norm. It's how they live day in and day out. Um, I assume the same for you that every time you talk to a new client and kind of that the genius that's behind it, the team, the team genius behind it. It just, it almost inspires you to go back and keep pushing on your team to, to be the genius behind what you do um, because of who you get to deal with on a daily basis. You're absolutely right. And that's what the PR chatter channel is for. We get off these calls and we go, you guys, guess what XYZ at this company thought of? This is so cool. Where can this apply to perhaps other industries or verticals? And that's where we think we also bring a, a, a competitive advantage because something we're doing with a food and beverage brand, what if we could reshape that for one of our sports clients or health and wellness clients, you know, a cool activation or a cool campaign that worked really well? How do we reshape that and mold it and make it apply to this industry? So I like to think we're constantly bringing fresh perspectives to our clients for their respective industries, just something new and different. And, but you're right. There's just so much creative genius out there. I know it, it, it inspires me and reminds me that I'm so glad I have an amazing team around me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very humbling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you have, if you're having a conversation, you have a new entrepreneur that's like, I'm doing this, um, They've, they've committed to it. And I always say, if you're going to do that, if you if you really want to be an entrepreneur, it's something you have to believe in. A job can't pop up that would sway you like you were, you were all in. And they've decided they're all in. And they're launching this company and they're, and they're trying to figure out their way. They know that they want to, to have PR. They know they need it. Um, they're new. They're trying to figure things out. They don't have a budget really for it yet. 
what is some advice that you can give to them? If they were able to pick your brain for five minutes, what would you say to them to get them going in the right direction so they ultimately could have the budgets put together to be able to work with a group like yourself? Ooh, there's a lot. Um, number one, know your why. So to your point, this isn't this isn't a fleeting hope. It, be committed, know your why, and make sure that your why is going to be everlasting. That is your why. From there, build out your what, build out what ultimately are you offering and how are you going to differentiate from the competition? Because if you're one of the same, it's going to be a very hard job. So figure out what makes you different, figure out what makes you special. And sometimes it comes down to the people that are part of your organization. And, and that's, that's enough, but know your why, know what your what, know what makes you different. And then set the, the foundation in terms of have your website. Um, and again, we're talking very, very startup here. We help clients build websites if they need that help. Before we even start PR, we've got to have a great website because I've been on the phone with an editor who says, give me the website. And I hear them typing away on their keyboard. They're pulling it up. They'll ask for the, the founder or the spokesperson's LinkedIn pro profile. Make sure that is at least updated. You may not be updating because you may not be socially minded, but at least have it updated with your current information, with what you're doing with your why. So when I'm telling them it, down the road, when I'm telling an editor who you are, what you're doing and why, your LinkedIn reflects that. So have your online presence set, the, at least the foundation, know your why, know where you wanna go, go with it and short-term goals, long-term goals. And then let's talk about how we support those, where we can fill in because we're not your end all be all. We can't be that. Yeah but we can put a plan in place that helps you get to those goals. So there's, I'm not sure if that answers your question of sort of the foundational, but that's where my head goes first is nailing some of that. Cause we've talked to some folks who go, well, I might do this or I might do that. And I just keep saying, why, why do you want to do this? Where do you want, what do you want to do? And they flip flop. And when they do that, they're not ready for us. Yeah, I agree. I think anytime I'm on and I'm sure you get the same. I get a lot of individuals that reach out and say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to start, I'm starting a company or I'd love Can I pick your brain? Um, and anytime I'm, I, I'm on a call with one of them and it's, I think I'm gonna, um, I thought about doing this. I was going to do this, but now I'm doing, it's like, you, you got to get your North star. You got to figure out exactly what that map is that you're going to go after. Um, cause right now you're still, you're still in excited mode where every you're going to accomplish everything and you're going to go change the world tomorrow by doing these 50 things. Um, and so I couldn't agree more is, is figure out exactly what that map is before you, uh, you jump in the car and start driving. Amen. Let's say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> How often are you having to deal with, with clients that their, um, their perception of what they should be doing from a PR and social standpoint versus what you think they, they should be doing um, are not aligned. And how much do you push back on that of trying to guide them versus allowing them to, to kind of chart their own course in that? That's a really good question. So when clients hire us for PR and social, it's a little, it's a requirement, if you will, that they are empowering us to drive that ship, to bring that strategy. Otherwise, why are they hiring us? Yep. They want and need that outside perspective and that expertise. So we're really fortunate to have 
really good clients who listen, who engage with us, who collaborate with us. So we don't have much trouble there. Where we have trouble is clients who say, I want PR for this result. We get going, they get a taste of the good life. They're getting the big hits and they go, well, I want X, Y, and Z too. Where's all this? Well, that's not what, that's not PR or that's not what we discussed or, 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 or. So it's when the expectations really start to go a different direction and we've got to rein them back in and say, let's refocus. What, what, where do we bring the most value and where's our real core expertise? Um, so that's more where we have the challenge, but we see ourselves as being not yes, men and women who sit there and nod their heads, but strategic partners. And that means having the tough conversations. We do quarterly business reviews with every single one of our clients. And in those, we say what's going well and what isn't, what are your frustrations? How do we improve? What do you want to see more of? What do you want to see less of? What have you been most excited about? What has been most disappointing? And let me tell you, Chris, those are not fun questions to ask, but they are critical questions to ask because we have to know if we're going to be great partners. I, I love that. I always I say that something similar to our clients and we kick things off. I'm like, so here's what I need to know. What needs to happen for you and I to be popping bottles of champagne because you call it success? I was like, because I need to understand what your definition of success is for me to be able to make sure that I am exceeding those expectations. Because I had a years ago, I was working for a company, I had a boss and it would drive me nuts because, and I use this analogy, it was, hey, go get me a color. And you kind of look at him and he'd yell, go get me a color. And I'd come back with red and he'd scream, I want a green. I'm like, well, if you just told me green in the first place, I'd have brought you green, but you said bring a color. So I've learned very early on, tell me how you measure success so I can ensure that we're both using the same calculator on this thing. Because otherwise, what I think is successful, you're unhappy with. And now we're just, we're, we're, we're missing the mark and it was unnecessary. So I love the fact that you have these calls and you're asking very specific questions of exactly that. So kudos to you. Thank you. Well, and you make a really important point asking about measurements of success. That's on our initial call with any brand before we even put together a proposal. Because if they say something so wild that is so not what we can do, we want to level <laughs> set right then and there. Exactly. <laughs> if, if they say things that are reasonable or help us to determine those goals, okay, that it's in the proposal that Step one is we determine our goals together and then build a plan accordingly. So I could not agree more. And no one should engage in a partnership if both sides don't understand what success looks like. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, all right. So now we're, we're coming to the tail end of this. I need to, I need to give people an opportunity that they could engage with you and your team, get more information about your company, or maybe just reach out and say, thank you for, for the, these types of conversations. So what is the best way for, for anyone that's listening or watching to be able to follow, follow you guys or, or get in touch with you? Thank you so much for asking. So boltpr.com is our website and from there, they will find our entire team. We are so proud of our team. Every face is there. And if you click on any of those pictures, you'll go right to our LinkedIn. So I'm very active on LinkedIn. I don't post nearly as much as I should. That is, I'm oh, not yeah. like you, not wired for social, but my team is. Thank goodness. That's why they're on the team. Um, but I'm, I love to connect on LinkedIn and then boltpr.com. And from there, you can access all of our social channels for the agency as well. 
I love it. Caroline, thank you so much for, for letting us get just a few minutes with you. I know you guys are busy and have a lot going on, but you said such, um, the words you had to say were such, uh, with such wisdom. Um, and I think important for people to be able to hear as they're trying to figure out their way along this journey and path. Uh, you have definitely figured it out. You guys are having tremendous success. Um, I wish you nothing but even more success. I can't wait for us to continue conversations offline about a million other things, I'm sure. Um, maybe we just start like a monthly podcast. You and I, come on, let's talk business. Let's go. What's, going on, what's, what's happening, what's not happening in the industries that we both get to work with. But I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Oh, Chris, thank you so much. This was a blast and would love to continue the conversation. Awesome. Well, everybody that's been watching or listening, thanks for joining us on The Pink Elephant. I am Chris Adams. You could find us at www.ellisadamsgroup.com or at chrisadams underscore EAG or at ellisadamsofficial. Look forward to uh, seeing everyone, chatting with everyone all week long through social. I will do my best, I promise, to actually be on social and uh, engage with everyone. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you next week.